0: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh,
1: it's a straight up screamer.
2: Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1800 858 858. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Like
3: this, 12 degrees and wet and ugly on the eve. Of a preliminary final. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sporting Goss. Tim Gossage in the chair until midday. Not a bigger show. Not a bigger show. The big news, as you would have heard there, Lockie Neal is not coming back to WA. He has decided to stay put in a moment... In fact, we'll go there now. Let's hear Lockie Neal speaking to the club website, the Brisbane Lions. He was asked a question by their media manager, Andrew Hamilton. Have a listen to Lockie Neal's explanation as to his decision not to proceed to coming back to WA and possibly rejoining Fremantle.
0: Well, Lockie, there's not often this much interest and scrutiny around an exit meeting. I know you've come in today and met with the coach and our footy manager. Can you tell us what's happened in that meeting?
4: Yeah, I can. Um... I'm committed and and staying at the footy club and um, as you said, it's been a whirlwind few days um, and everything's sort of gotten a little bit out of hand but um, fully committed to the club and came in and told Fags and DD, Danny Daly and Swanee today that um, that's the case. So um, yeah, so excited to be pushing on.
0: Could you just talk us through the last few days, how it's unfolded?
4: Yeah, well, um, clearly, as a lot of people know now, my wife's heavily pregnant. Um, she's from WA. A lot of family and, and support network and friends and stuff in WA. And, um, but behind the scenes, we had had a couple of conversations about um, how that looked moving forward. Obviously, with the COVID situation the last couple of years, it's been really hard for her to um, see her family and, and friends, as it has for a lot of people. And um, I've got a great support network in Perth as well. So um, we would... Half considering um, the prospect of getting back at some stage, but um, after sitting down and talking through it with our family and our friends and um, with the club um, and without my management team, um, it became pretty clear um, after a couple of days that this is where the best place for us is to be at Brisbane firstly for my footy and, and secondly um, we believe we can get the support network um, around us that we need uh, moving forward so we know it's challenging times for everyone with covid um, and we're no different um, we're human and um, probably got played out a little bit sooner and earlier than what we we thought we hadn't put um, that amount of thought into it and um, yeah it sort of got blown out of proportion a bit and um, now we've made that decision, we're uh, really happy and can't wait to get stuck into next year now.
5: So with all the scrutiny, a lot of social media, can you t- tell me h- how are you feeling? Are you going okay?
4: Yeah, all good. Yeah, it's um, it has been a little bit rough some of the stuff and, and in the media and um, there's obviously always going to be social media uh, attached but I feel like we've done a great job in avoiding a lot of that stuff but um yeah it probably has taken its toll a little bit i'm i'm pretty weary and tired at the moment but um nah super excited about what the future holds for for both of us and we've got a beautiful baby girl on the way in four weeks so we've got a lot to look forward to
0: so you're aligned still aligned. what's the future how do you picture the future for you at our footy club now
4: yeah, well, I think one of the biggest things as well is I've got unfinished business here. Um, I want to be holding up a cup in a Lions in a Lions jersey, and, and that's what I'll be working towards over the next couple of years. And uh, yeah, super excited to be here, and can't wait to get going again next year.
3: Lockie Neal speaking to the Brisbane Lions Media Department. Chris Clafuna, Special K, is here. Uh, the producer to the stars of Sporting Goss and Gillian Goss and all other things that happen inside SENWA. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. One question I want asked. Mm. Did he ask for a trade? Well, because he said half considered. How do you half consider anything?
6: <laughs> you either consider or you don't, there, right?
3: There is no possible way that Fremantle, and Simon Garlic has spoken about this, mm-hmm that Fremantle weren't in the loop of what was going on. Ryan Daniels has done a story saying, and I know he tweeted it and said is re- possibly requesting a trade back. But when we spoke to Ryan on Monday, it was done. And he was, Ryan said he will play for Fremantle next year. And Ryan doesn't go no, half-baked. No, he no. He knows he's, what he's talking about. 100%. Very good journo. So his information was maybe, so someone has spoken about Requesting of a trade. It's blindsided Brisbane. Yeah. So he might not have officially asked Brisbane for the trade. So that's where the out clause is. But how did it gather so much momentum, not just from media, and it's all very well to, to whack media, but the football community was across this, and, mm. and Fremantle were in it.
6: Yeah. There's Where's, no smoke without fire, as they say, 100%. Goss. Is
3: there a bit of – it's going to be a trust issue going forward here.
6: Yeah, it's, it's... – yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. This is um, – well, the saga's not ended, you wouldn't think, oh, on oh. that on that front. As in, he's staying at Brisbane for sure. Yeah. But there's going to be – some Dane Beams about this. Mm.
3: There's going to be Remember something interesting. the Dane interesting. Beams was, got up at the presentation, said, I'm staying I Stick love you around. guys, and then he's gone. See you and, later. Yeah. Look, good player. Would have been great for Frio but I think with what we know, um, I'm glad Freo probably held firm on all of this and you've got to take it back. He did leave a contract on the table at Fremantle to go to Brisbane. So, you know, know, if you're a Fremantle fan, are you happy with the result? Are you glad it didn't get as far as we assumed it was going to be Love to hear from you, Thirteen, twelve, fifty-five, or zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. What else is happening on our show? We're going to be chatting with Michael Whiting from AFL.com, whose, whose job is to keep an eye on the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, he's
6: based in Queensland, so I'm sure he will have uh, all the ins and outs of what uh, has gone down with Lockie Neil But there's plenty coming up on the show alongside Michael Whiting. So um, Nathan Vardy. Of course, uh, retiring West Coast Eagles player. Really looking forward to hearing from him about his career, about his decision to retire, Mm. and everything like that. So that should be—he's officially put family first because,
3: categorically, I'm going to tell you, West Coast had an offer on the table for him to continue. Yeah, right. Categorically.
6: Oh, very, very interesting. That. No, no. Categorically.
3: Categorically,
6: Nathan. Take it to the bank, Chris. (laughs) Call me Ryan Daniels, Mark Two. All, (laughs) we're all over the waffle, of course. Here at Senwa, Adam Pickering. We'll uh, have a chat. The Swan Districts coach Matt Parker
3: Parks is back.
6: He's back playing back for the that? South Fremantle Bulldogs. Back. Obviously played a few games for Richmond, what, six, six games. Six yeah. games he played. Nice little run.
3: Yeah.
6: Uh, so he'll join us before. And
3: he's going back to Richmond. He's not finished. He's playing for back. South Fremantle. That's Go right. Playing for yeah. the Tigers.
6: Yeah. Wow. So Tigers and then Bulldogs. Bit of Bulldogs. No, it was Bulldogs. Bulldogs.
3: Tigers. tigers back to Bullies. Bulldogs. And in one going back season. Back to Tigers. Oh, yeah. no, it's cray cray. And throw in the Black Ducks because he played for WA as well.
6: Yeah, absolutely. The one. Uh, Riley Morgan, course, life oh, of Riley. you will find some winners. You'll Your beauty. Walks. Tommy Randall from Tickford <laughs> Racing. Uh, e series last night. Had a bit of a praying. Yeah, there, finished seventh Tommy. overall
3: though. Did yeah, well. It's going all right. It's amazing how you crash in the E series. And then your car doesn't get so damaged that you and you don't get hurt, and you can just keep going. Yeah, you're
6: fine. <laughs> just keep on, keep on cruising around. Uh, and some news as well, just before we uh, go. Yeah, what grab you got for us, Michael Widing? So the San Antonio Spurs. Yes, they've announced that Matt Nielsen has been named as an assistant coach. Of course, he was a former Wildcats assistant. Yeah, been was, part of the Australian setup.
3: Yes, and was very, very. He was uh, he was a uh, the main coach in waiting, but. Needed to get out of Perth just so he could sort of uh, spread his wings into the American competition, American League, and he's done so, and now he's been rewarded with this wonderful opportunity at the San Antonio Spurs.
6: That's it. So he was coaching Austin in the G League. Now he's going to be uh, assistant coach under Greg Popovich. Doesn't How get good's that? much better than that, does How it? good
3: to work alongside
6: Pop. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Uh, Cricket Australia has released a statement around yes. Afghanistan as well. What's happened there? So... The statement reads, driving the growth of women's cricket globally is incredibly important to Cricket Australia. Our vision for cricket is that it is a sport for all and we support the game unequivocally for women at every level. If recent media reports that women's cricket will not be supported in Afghanistan are substantiated, Cricket Australia would have no alternative but to not host Afghanistan for the proposed test match due to be played in Hobart. We thank the Australian and Tasmanian governments for their support on this important issue. So looking like at this stage, there will be no Afghanistan test no. in Hobart, no, which a shame is unfortunate. Yeah, really. Yeah. It was, it was a shame. And uh, Danny Hodgson, of course, he's uh, that young ECU football player, soccer player. He was attacked disgustingly near a Perth train station, near Perth train station, I should say on Sunday morning, uh, a 15 year old boy punched him in the back of the head. He's been in, um, Critical condition, Um, really disgusting stuff on a, a silver lining, I guess you could say, not a silver lining, but, you know, on a positive note on the back of that, the community around the world, the football community has rallied uh, behind him and his family. The, his parents are in the UK. They are coming to Perth after $82,000 so far in donations has been raised for uh, to get them over here and to help with his care. It's got great Great support from um, players over there, from past players. Alan Shearer was one. Kenny Lowe, who's involved at ECU as a coach, he tweeted out to Alan Shearer, the Newcastle legend, said, hey, mate, can you give this a little bit of a pump up on Twitter? Alan Shearer retweeted it, so that helped drive it along. So it's it's really gaining momentum. That's only been over the course of uh, 24 to 48 hours. So um, good news uh, around a, a terrible, horrific story.
3: Michael Whiting from the AFL.com to join us very, very shortly. We'll get a breakaway first and I can tell you the AFL has announced ticket pricing and the on sale information for the grand final here at Optus. $185 is entry level price has been frozen for the third year in a row. Uh, so just to repeat, this is the process of the ticketing arrangement for the grand final on Sunday WA time at nine o'clock AFL gold and medallion club members at 11 o'clock AFL silver members on Monday, the winner of preliminary final one members between Melbourne and Geelong, priorities one, two, and three will go on sale at nine, eleven, and one o'clock. This will always makes sense to those who are in the system. Uh, Port Adelaide and Western Bulldogs tickets for members of the winning team will again go out on Tuesday at nine o'clock, eleven o'clock, and one o'clock to various levels. Thursday general public tickets go on sale, ten o'clock Perth time, and there is already locked in 10,000 tickets available. And there will be more from the competing clubs that aren't sold. will go back into the general public pool. Category one tickets for grand final, which is the best of the best seats, 450. Category two, 405. Category three, 375. Category four, 330. Category five, 275. There's not a bad seat in the house. Category six, $185. All the very best. Michael Whiting is a very busy man. So he's going to just share literally a couple of minutes with us. Uh, from afl.com.au. Of course, he's based in Brisbane. He keeps an eye on the Lions and the Gold Coast Suns and all other things footy up that way. Appreciate his time. Michael, Um, is this a backflip, or did we not have the original flip on Lockie Neal? Good morning.
7: Good morning, Goss. Uh, I don't know if it's a backflip, mate. I, I sort of take Lockie at his word, but it's, it sounds like it was certainly a consideration and a discussion between him and his wife that, um, you know, whether... They're investigating a move this year or, or maybe at the end of his contract that it was just certainly a discussion point. Sounds like they've discussed it and decided to settle in Brisbane. So obviously a lot of, um, you know, difficult decisions with the last 18 months in mind, COVID restrictions and difficulties for Jules getting back to WA. And for Lockie, they've got great support networks back there. But yeah, decided that they're going to stick around in Brisbane at least till the end of his contract, a couple of couple more years.
3: All righty. So... Uh... Uh, do you think, has it got shades of watch this space or do you think he'll play out the next two years?
7: Oh, I mean, you can't categorically say that he'd play the next two years out because as we've seen with a lot of players, they they can change their minds, but I'm pretty confident of taking him at his word. So um, I'm sure they've discussed it a lot. And if he did want to move, I'm sure he would have asked for a uh, a trade. Like the, the groundwork had been laid in many ways for him to, to ask for that. And he's, decided not to so yeah mate I think you'll stay for the next two years and and reassess his relationship
3: with the coach and the head of football and the CEO, uh, do you think there's been some damage done there that he uh, – because there's little doubt that it has been bubbling on behind the scenes. I mean, Fremantle have mm. been aware uh, aware of it. Obviously, his manager has been involved, mm. his partner. I mean, it got out in the media. I mean, that's not the media's fault. That's just a good work by Ryan Daniels. Peter Summage even broke it on Saturday morning that it was what was doing the rounds on community radio. So this is this has been bubbling along. Or do Brisbane just have to be better that they don't get blindsided in the future?
7: Yeah, I mean, I I think only Chris Fagan and Danny Daly can probably answer whether there's been any damage done there. But, I mean, Lockie's been in two or three times now since that broke to discuss it. So, um, yeah, only they can answer that, mate. But I think they'll be able to move past it. They'll be professional. And like you say, they've just probably got to be a bit more vigilant and whether that's raising these things with Lockie a bit more often or or Lockie meeting them halfway and bringing these up bringing these issues up before they come to this point um, in the future. Yeah, he's a key
3: component, isn't he, to the footy club. So that's a good get by Brisbane to actually, whatever they've said to him and whatever pl- plans are in place going forward, um, it's a positive for, for Brisbane.
7: Oh, mate, it's huge. Like He had so many injury problems this year. He had back, he had ankle surgery, shoulder, calf, all sorts of problems. And he started playing some of his best footy towards the end of the season. So, from Brisbane's perspective, you'd like to think if you've got a full pre-season, get back to that form of 2019, 2020. It's going to help the Lions take a step forward next year and hopefully for them sort of, you know, go to preliminary or grand final, take that next step.
3: Appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. Thanks for joining us.
7: No worries. Go off Anytime. time.
3: Michael Whiting, afl.com.au. Of course, you can keep an eye on everything that he writes. He's up there and he's across this story. So just repeating the news, Lockie Neal, and his partner, Jules, will remain in a Brisbane and not seek a trade. Half considered, in other words, half considered about getting home. They uh, will try to get home in the future. So I would imagine he'll play out the next two years or at least one. And then uh, the discussion will be had about where to next. So it would be interesting to see what value there is in Lockie Neal going forward. But really, it might be a couple of years at the back end. So uh, his value... Of course, in the next couple of years, it'll be determined on his form and fitness. So there it is. There, Frio fans, what do you think? Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six, or thirteen twelve fifty five. Lockie Neal staying put in Brisbane. Nathan Vardy, he's not staying put. He's up stumpsing and heading to, of course, uh, back to Victoria after the John Worsfold Medal next week. He'll join us after ten thirty. We'll just play out a fair bit of the chat from. Simon Goodwin, he has spoken this morning. We'll hear from him, of course, ahead of tomorrow night's game as well. And also Luke Beveridge, who spoke on Waitley this morning. Plenty to play out. Your, your uh, connection to our show is always wanted. 0487-736-736. And Berrettini, the sixth seed, is two points away, set points away from taking the first set against world number one Novak Djokovic at the US Open. 19 past 10. Sporting Goss. Sporting Goss on this pretty bleak Thursday. Can you believe it? After the last couple of days, currently it is about 14 degrees, heading for top of 18. A few showers tomorrow ahead of the footy. And one man I reckon will be keeping a sneaky eye on the big game tomorrow night between the Cats and Melbourne. He's a former Geelong player, of course, a man who spent some good years there, albeit frustrating, before coming across to Perth for the 2017, and of course, part of the West Coast Eagles premiership, and has been over here for for some time now. And that is Nathan Vardy, who's decided to hang the boots up earlier in the week. Vards, appreciate your time. I'm sure there's a little bit of cat in you, and you'll be cheering for the boys uh, tomorrow night.
8: Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, obviously, Geelong gave me my start, so I've still got some some good mates there, and i um, always like to see them do well as long as it's not against West Coast, but <laughs> hopefully the boys can get through to another big dance.
3: Yeah, looking forward to that one. day. 77 games over a 10 or 11-year period, mate. Uh, fair to say it was a frustrating journey for you.
8: Yeah, it was, mate. Obviously, uh, in time at Geelong, spent most of that uh, injured and on the sidelines, which was, was difficult as a young bloke. And, um, yeah, then uh, decided to... To make a change, to see if my fortunes could change, and come over the west, and um, what well, I probably had my most successful year in 2017, first year over here, and I thought I was I was off to a bit of a flyer, but uh, yeah, obviously a couple of frustrating years as well here, but um, as a whole, pretty pretty proud of what I was able to do. Yeah,
3: so you should, mate. Absolutely, a grand final and a premiership. Uh, you can't take that away from you, mate. What a day! And the celebrations will uh, live long in the in the hearts and minds of many. Obviously, you've got great memories of twenty eighteen.
8: Yeah, definitely, mate. It was uh, it was a pretty amazing experience. Um, being at Geelong, I was there for the twenty eleven um, premiership, so I was able to see, you know, what what it actually looks like for guys that are able to do that. So to actually taste it myself, and um, yeah, as you said, it'd be something that sticks in your mind forever and, um, yeah, something to, something to show for my career,
3: mate. 100%. And in that year, let's go back to 2018, which was that Premiership year, it only got started for you round 16, didn't it? Round 16 and then uh, through to the grand final. So it, that's part of the frustrating journey that it was for you at that time. But, of course, with Nick going down, opportunity sprung up for you and you had to grasp it.
8: Yeah, it was. I, I got... a. I think the last sort of intra-club, I think we actually played Freo in a bit of a scratch match um, leading into that year and um, I tore my doctor pretty badly, so I think I missed like, the first 12 weeks uh, through injury and then uh, got back playing in the Waffle and um, obviously Nick and, and Scotty were going pretty well at AFL level and the boys were sitting pretty at the top of the ladder and um, it was all looking great and I thought oh, I might, uh, might be sitting on the sidelines for, for one again this year, but um, obviously, yeah, Nick going down, um, which was horrible for him, um, presented an opportunity for myself. And um, I was able to stay on the side and um, play a bit of a role for the boys going forward through that final series.
3: What went wrong this year for the team? I hear all sorts of, th- Tory, everyone says, oh, you know, it's COVID and injuries and oh, they're an unhappy group. Can you lay to rest any of this speculation that the group's unhappy?
8: Oh mate, the group's not unhappy. That's that's for sure. They're a uh, very happy group. I think um, what probably hurt us at times is, you know, we look like we're getting everyone back, and then we get everyone back at one in one week. And, you know, <laughs> probably a couple of guys are underdone, and you know, then they start to build a bit of cohesion. And then we we'll lose another two, and you know, then a, you know, a couple of key defenders would go out of the side, and we just. I don't think we're able to really nail down our best side and really get that consistency out of our best side. So Mm -hmm. that makes it hard. And, you know, every club goes through their injuries and and working through that. But we just seem to uh, have caught a few um, to our, you know, big dogs Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of the year.
3: Nathan Vardy, our guest on Sporting Goss uh, announcing his retirement. Vardy, I've read with one report, and you can confirm or deny this, that West Coast wanted you to play on, but you retired. Uh, and whether it would be because of lack of funds and the tight salary cap, or you just want to go back to Victoria, can you shed some light on the, how the, the final decision was made to, to leave?
8: Yeah, uh, I had conversations, obviously, with the footy club, and um, they were pretty, pretty keen for me to, to stay on. But i um, having a couple of young kids now, mate, and you know me and my partner Maddie, we both from uh, being from Victoria. Um, we just thought it was a pretty good time to to uh, to move on. I've always, uh, you know, felt like I was a bit of a country footballer at heart. I grew up in a small country town, and um, yeah, my my family was heavily involved in in country footy and stuff. So I've always had this. You know, a bit of an itch to get back and have a couple of good years, of, you know, <laughs> playing country footy as well. So I thought, you know, being 30, I can probably get a couple more out of the body before uh, I have to call it quits. So I'm pretty excited to get back home, get around family with the, with the young ones and um, play a bit of country footy, mate.
3: Uh, right. So uh, that, of course, uh, well, you, you, obviously you played down in the Geelong region for a long time. So what will the team actually be that you play for?
8: Are going to play for the North
3: Warrnambool Eagles, mate, down in <laughs> the Hampton League. Very cool, North. So, so, so who, who other apart from Nathan Vardy, what other famous people have played for the North Warrnambool Eagles?
8: Well, so my my uh, partner Maddie, her brother Billy Snats, yes. uh, is playing there at the moment. So, uh, spent a bit of time obviously with him at Geelong, and one of my best mates. So, it'd be good to get back and and play footy with him and um I think Tyrone Vickery pulled on the boots for him a couple of times this year and um yeah no it's uh, it's pretty exciting I think you know Maddie's pretty excited to give so she's the one that's from Warrnambool. so get it back around her family and um yeah it's uh it's pretty exciting time for for the family mate
3: Yeah we 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 can't underestimate how tough it's been on partners and 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 also partners with young children um over the last couple of years and we know the players going to hubs and we talk about the the angst and being away and some players who who basically said no I can't do it and then some players like Finlayson didn't play in the finals for GWS because his partner was having a baby he said no I'm going to go back for the birth there were some big decisions to be made over the last couple of years do you just simply feel right now that it's best to repay Maddie and your youngsters to say I've had my crack at it. I don't, You know, if I'm just going to be a bit part player, I might as, well, might as well do something while the body's holding up and, as you talk about, go back and play bush footy.
8: Yeah, that's pretty much it, mate. Obviously, yeah, Matty's followed me around. And I think over the last couple of years, um, both being from Victoria, you know, we, are, we haven't been able to see our family. So to be over the other side of the country with two young boys now and, um, you know, limited... Um, Support with uh, you know not having family over here to so just be able to call on the grandparents and whatnot to help out with the kids. It's probably time to to go back and um, not only get that support but you know spend time with the family. Um, you know both our parents have, you uh, know, both my oldest he's he's two and a half and you know our parents have probably only seen him you know a handful of times since he was born. So. Um, it's been pretty tough, but um, you know, exciting to get back around the, the family and, and spend time with them.
3: Yeah, very true. Okay, so yeah, uh, obviously you're the removalists are backing the truck up as we speak. You've got the John Warsfold uh, next week, and then it'll be out of here. Will we'll you'll be lost to WA, or how much of Western Australia and uh, and the Eagles be part of the, the Nathan Vardy family going forward?
8: Oh, uh, mate, massive, massive part. Oh, we've enjoyed. Our five years here. Um, you know, when we first come over here, Maddie had never, never even been to Perth. She got the one-way ticket, and we, you know, first week or so here, we sort of, you know, we were put up in, in, a hotel before we got a house, and you know, we we're like, what have we done? But you know, we've come over here. We've had, we've had two kids. We've, we've loved the footy club, loved the Perth lifestyle, and um, nada. WA will be uh, definitely part of our lives for for as long as we live. I think we will be uh, the family holidays. will probably be coming back over the Perth, you know, to, to catch up with everyone and that sort of stuff. So definitely going to be, be sad to say goodbye, but um, yeah, hopefully uh, what's next is just as exciting.
3: Oh, the premiership reunion will be big, mate. The premiership reunion will yeah, be
8: big. Yeah, mate, can't wait for
3: that. <laughs> hey, good luck at the North Warrnambool Eagles. It's a good story. Well done to Maddie. Well done to to you for. For sticking it out, it was a, obviously a pretty bold decision when someone is uh, asked to, to stick around in the AFL system and they make the call. Family comes first at this time in this crazy time, mate. Well played. Premiership player for the West Coast Eagles. You gave it your all. Thanks for joining us and uh, we look forward to seeing you at the John Worsfold medal next week.
8: Uh, thanks, Goss. Appreciate it, mate.
3: Nathan Barty, former West Coast Eagle, former Geelong Cat, of course, Premiership player and a very important one on that big day. This is Sporting Goss. Crazy day. Drive carefully. It's only 12 degrees too. Heading for a top of 18. Going to struggle to get there. Uh, News through from Adelaide. Port Adelaide's Mitch Georgiades officially ruled out by Port for their Saturday prelim. Understand reports he re-injured his hamstring are off the mark. Just hasn't been able to get up to full fitness in time. So hasn't re-injured the hamstring, Mitch Georgiades, he is just basically hasn't been able to get a level of fitness that would allow him to be selected for the game against the Western Bulldogs. A break, come back. We're talking Waffle Finals this weekend. Going to be huge Saturday and Sunday. South Fremantle take on Claremont. Westberth and Swan Districts. Subiaco are smoking the pipe. Adam Pickering, the coach of Swans. And Matthew Parker, back in WA. Six games with the Tigers in the AFL. Back playing for South Fremantle. They'll join us after the break. It's 23 to 11, Sporting Goss. Sporting Goss, and we continue our look at the WAFL finals. And, of course, Sunday at 2.40, Provident Financial Oval should be a big crowd. Hopefully that fine weather will have arrived in time. West Perth host Swan Districts, fourth place, fifth. The winner continues, the loser. And start planning for 2022 adam Pickering is the coach of swansea joins us online well you've got there that's part of the equation how do you go into this game feeling uh about your chances
9: uh good to talk to you again tim uh pretty pretty good uh we're um we feel if we we bring our best we'll be pretty competitive uh we're under no illusions though um, they've beaten us twice through the year um they're pretty hard to beat up at up. so yeah, we've got to be at our best. But if we are, um, we're, we're pretty confident we, we'll get the job done.
3: You don't score against West Perth. That's an issue. This year, eight goals, five, seven <laughs> goals, five, and two previous yep. goes, eight goals, four, and six goals, five. In, in 2019 and 2020, I know it's all been a bit crazy times, but you've still got to hit the scoreboard. You've got to find a way.
9: Yeah, we do. We do, and that's that's usually what you find against the uh, the top, top teams in the comp. They... Eh? They defend really well they close down your space pretty quickly and they put really good pressure on so you know that's something we we haven't been great at against west perth over the last couple of years but it's something we need to address that first time we played them up at joondalup we um we were actually six goals to one up halfway through the third quarter and got beat late so well, we know we can compete with them. It's just a matter of doing it for four quarters and making sure we're, we've got our mind on the job on the day.
3: And also, I know, is a very common cliche when you talk to people about footy. Oh, it's one in the midfield. I mean, their midfield, we know, gets a lot of football and a lot of football. But with a lot of football comes a lot of service to a, a key forward. And the Bernie Naylor medalist has been in pretty good form in Tyler Kytel. I mean, how do you combat his presence uh, is it stop supply yeah. or is it find someone that can stand on him and, and make sure he doesn't clunk him?
9: Well, I think it's a bit of both, mate. I mean, their midfield's really strong. Um, Black and Nelson, um, probably on a wing. They've just thrown Manzone back in, who ended up with 34 uh, last week for his first game back at league level. Mm. So stopping a bit of that supply is, is part of it. But you're never going to stop all of it against these guys they're they getting their hands on the footy and they give guys like Tyler good service so you need someone who can play one-on-one and compete really hard to him with him sorry when uh, when the ball comes down so a bit of both um, but it's not just Tyler either forward of the ball they got Rudy down there who can light up for 15 minutes kegan Knott was um, was leading the Bernie Nailer, I think mm. early on mm. in the season um, then you've got antonio and uh, little um, sashes. Bobbed up with a handful of goals basically in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, they're midfield strong, but forward of the ball, they're, they're pretty competitive as well.
3: You didn't have Fisher the other day. How's he going?
9: Yeah, he should be all right. He should be all right, Sam. He was, he was probably the one out of the guys that missed last week that just needed a bit of a spell. Um, he's pretty banged up early in the year and he'd been pushing through really well. So, we just decided look, uh, we can't really move anywhere
10: yeah.
9: on the ladder. From, from the last game things that have to really really go our way so let's let's give him a spell get some miles into his legs without bashing him up um, and hopefully he's he's feeling good this week and we trained last night and he was he's running on top of the ground so um, all things are looking good for Sam this week.
3: Yeah, that's good to have him back. Uh, what did you like about your performance against uh, Claremont? Of course, you're in the game to half-time. They probably got you in that third quarter. I think it was five goals to one, and then it was a bit of an arm wrestle in that last quarter. But what did you like about your team's performance, if you were to take uh, get a takeaway? Uh
9: oh, just our effort and our intensity and our intent at the contest was, was first class. Um, and it was a good reminder to our boys that, it doesn't matter who you roll out if you can compete for two hours and have a real dip you can be in the game against anyone um, and I think we ended up with five more inside 50s won the clearances against a really strong midfield against Claremont so that was that's what I really liked it was probably just our polish going forward that we didn't didn't connect and, and weren't able to put our, um, our inside 50s on the scoreboard so yeah, what I really like, and it was a good reminder to the guys that, that come back in this week, if they do, that it doesn't matter how much polish or finesse or skill or talent you've got, you've got to be able to compete. And if you can do that, um, you'll be right in the game against whoever.
5: How
3: did you uh accept the news that Matthew Parker is available for Southampton for the rest of the final series after and I know that's the rule I know there is a rule that he you know yep. if you're a rookie drafted and, and this and and doesn't allow Connor West to go back but he was playing with a different waffle club so it's slightly different but uh are you are you happy that Matthew Parker is allowed to come back in and play at the waffle level
9: all for it Goss. Yeah. um anything that makes our competition stronger uh, and creates a better spectacle for for people to come and watch I'm all for um give us more points across the, <laughs> across the board yeah. for each club, give us a bigger salary cap. Uh, yeah, Anything that can make the waffle a stronger competition as a whole, I think is of great benefit. So if we can get Matt Parker back and Connor West and Will Collins and whoever it is throughout the the back end of the year in the final series, uh, yeah, I'm all for it.
3: Did you get Will Collins back?
9: Uh, yeah, he came down this week. So we, we're just deciding on, on whether or not he, he'll... He'll come up and play. Um, he's trained on Monday, he trained last night. So now it's just up to me, the match committee on whether we select him. Um, what we do have the benefit of, we've got all three grades in the finals. So if he, if he doesn't get a game in the league team, because our back six or seven is pretty strong, we have got the reserves grade there that he can play in. And West Coast are all for that as well. So, um, yeah, we can, we can get a game into him in either level and then... Hopefully, if we extend our season, yeah, he's up for selection again.
3: Appreciate your time. All the very best on the weekend. Let's hope the the Black Swans are still. The Black Ducks are still in it. Um, I heard a rumour that Teller Names is standing for a council up that way. Um, does that mean you have to get? Does he get the black and white jacket, striped jacket out and wear it to council meetings? It, would that be <laughs> would that be good for Swans and those at Steel Blue?
9: I saw him with a placard with it on this morning down Old <laughs> Bassendine Road. Old Perth Road, sorry. Waving the placard on the street. <laughs> so. The
3: sandwich board. Oh, <laughs> he'll do anything for popularity. a good man. He's a good uh, fella. No, he's
9: a good man. He's a good uh, Swan District through and through.
3: Yeah, that he is. Good on you, Pickers. All the very best on Sunday, mate, against West Perth. Thanks, Josh. Good on you. Cheers, There's mate. Adam Pickering, the coach of Swan District, talking waffle on Sporting Goss. Talking waffle finals, of course, we've spoken to Adam Pickering already, of course, the coach of Swan Districts, and he was very, very positive about the return of AFL-listed rookies who got picked up in the mid-season draft coming back into the waffle. He would have loved to have seen Connor West play. Of course, that hasn't been approved, but... uh, of course, uh, it has been for Matthew Parker six games for Richmond after leaving midway through the season after being picked up by the Tigers in the AFL and is returning to play for South Fremantle against Claremont, which is absolutely brilliant. And Matthew Parker is kind enough to join us here. Well, what about you, eh? You start the season at South Fremantle, you play state footy, you play AFL footy and you come back, you play finals footy for South Fremantle. You've got the perfect footballer's life. Congratulations. Nah, hey mate, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Um,
10: yeah, it's not it's not too bad it's life at
3: the moment. So um, yeah, just take it as it as it comes. Can I ask how long has it been? Um, this been in the pipeline for a you know the approval? Did you know that at the end of the the Richmond season, the AFL season, that you were going to come back and, and play for South or Had that been agreed upon, or did it have to did it need a bit of work to be done?
2: Um,
10: there was you know I got a phone call. Um, saying it might be possible, but I, I didn't look too far far into it, and I said, "Oh, um, you know, I'm just going to um, chill with the family at the moment. Um, you know, if, if anything goes ahead, just give me a call." Um, and then, yeah, I got a call this week saying um, it's it's been all all approved. So I didn't I didn't know how much was going behind the scenes
3: in it, but you no, know, I'm glad. I can put my hand up and go play some finals for you again. Yeah, you catch up with the boys and obviously you, you know them, you've played with them round eight, you kick four goals for them as well. Uh, that was the end of May. So then you you go into the AFL system. Can I just ask you about that experience at Richmond? Six games, you played the last six games. Um, what about that for, you know, playing at a powerhouse club? It wasn't their best year for whatever reason it is, but just tell us a bit about the culture of going to Richmond and, and being a part of that.
10: Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously it's one of one of the best clubs. Um, you know, as, as we've seen in the last few years, um, and you know, just to be a part of that is um, just cherry on top for me, I guess. Um, you know, going in, you you, you got your Rewilds, your, your Cochin, your Martin, all them kind of players, and you know, even the young players. So they're they're all just um, bonded in as one. You know, it's just a brotherhood. So you know, we all got one goal, and you know, we all. Make each other better to reach that goal. So um, no, it's a very good club.
3: Uh, you may you may have played against Dusty Martin when your St Kilda journey. But what's it like when you walk into a club and you walk up to one of the bona fide superstars of the competition of all time? And did you get close to him? Is he part of the so called brotherhood and uh, that you had, or is or was Dusty Dusty, where you sort of keep a wide berth and only get any space when he invites you?
10: <laughs> nah, Dusty's Dusty, you know, we, he, he's a brother, so, um, you know, he's he's just him and I'm, I'm me, so I think we're both quiet people, so we don't really um, get into it much, but as soon as we got, get on the track and that, we're, we're there to help each other, you know, and um, obviously played a bit of his role this year, so kind of um, took a leaf out of his book, so which was good, and you know, he helped me through it, so it was good.
3: Matthew Parker, our guest, uh, returning for South Fremantle and, of course, South Fremantle play Claremont in the, the first final. Of course, the winner goes on to take on Subiaco and the loser prepares to take on the winner of Swan Districts and West Perth. Uh, regards to when the season was over for Richmond, how have you maintained your fitness, Park? So a lot of people down tools and do whatever they want to do. I mean, can you tell us how much you've, how much uh, fitness you've kept up or how much training you've been doing uh, in, and you know, obviously you only said you only really got the call this week to say that this was had been ticked off on. Did you let yourself go a little bit or have you tried to maintain a, a um, level of fitness? No, so
10: as soon as we finished I think we had the you uh, know Saturday game and, you know, just had that weekend off and then got straight back into it. You know, I've you know, obviously no it's um, you know, practically last chance of playing playing our film where I wanna be, so I'm just gonna make most of it. So I'm always on top of my fitness and weights and all that kind of stuff. So don't want to let myself go. Um, so I'm just always on top of it So I've uh, been pretty, pretty good actually
3: um, Practically running nearly every
10: day So keeping fit And um, just getting ready for big pre-season And next year
3: You must be pleased that the South Romano boys Maintained their position on the ladder Just a shade under Subiaco But it's a pretty uh, close competition So you must be pleased that the boys maintained After you left the, their position And a, a genuine premiership contender So not, not much has changed since your departure no,
10: not much at all. I think we've got a
3: couple of young boys coming in and, you know, they're playing their role and they're playing
10: some good footy, which is good to see, you know, building the young boys up. Um, you know, they, they take their hats off to them, helping the older boys. So, um, like I said, everyone if everyone buys in, you know, it just makes us a better team.
3: Are you a better player for albeit six games but you were from June onwards at Richmond and albeit it was a you know a, a sort of a lockdown hub type situation for you but can i ask you are you do you think you're a better player for that Richmond experience coming back to South Fremantle for these finals um
10: obviously yeah playing afl you know everyone you know you get a lot of learning curves and good experiences but um just with me i've always got full confidence in in my footy you know whether I play even if it's waffle you know amateurs or at the afl i've always got that confidence just to go play my best footy wherever i am um but yeah like you said um coming from the richmond um they they helped me even have more confidence in my football so hopefully i can come back and you know give that confidence and that learning curve to a couple of younger boys and um yeah, i we just go from there.
3: Four teams left in the AFL final series, mate. Of course, we've got a huge game here on tomorrow night. Of course, Melbourne and Geelong, and then Port Adelaide host the Western Bulldogs. From bloke who's been closer to the AFL system than most at the moment. Uh, who wins the flag and why? From here. Um.
10: Ah. Oh, uh, personally, well, I think um, it's it has to be Geelongs. You know, um, Geelong been up in up and down in the past few weeks, but I reckon they're just cracking in their best footy. Um, and why? Uh, my old man's team was Geelong, so um, I'll have to go for them. <laughs> 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 ah,
3: very good. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your time, and uh, you would have heard the news that Lockie Neal is staying with the Brisbane Lions, committed to play with that football club, so not coming back to the Fremantle Dockers. So uh, uh, there's some breaking news for you as well, Park. So uh, he'll be staying in the Brisbane Colours for the next couple of years. Appreciate your time. Uh, Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Enjoy. Yeah, you too. Matthew Parker playing for South Fremantle on Saturday. And just repeating that news that we broke at the top of the show Lucky Neil staying with the Brisbane Lions. This is Sporting Goss. Wow, what a first hour that was. 12 degrees in the city right now at 3 past 11, heading for a top of 18. More rain on the way. Rain tomorrow, but hopefully not too bad for the footy tomorrow night. Still to come, we've got, of course, Riley Morgan. He's going to find a winner for us at Belmont on Saturday. He is a genuine tipping genius. Also plays league football for Claremont. Back in the lineup, Tom Randall's about to join us shortly. And Peter Bell before midday as well, head of football at Fremantle to talk all things, Lockie Neal, Adam Chera, Bob Murphy, and any other questions you've got, text away 0487-736-736, and we'll try and get the best one or two questions to Peter Bell. But let's talk motorsport right now. Get Uh, it's that time of day. That's time of the, the part of the show where we talk motorsport with Tickford Racing's Tom Randall, fresh from a seventh placing in the E Series. A little bit on that in a moment. Tom, it is a very busy time for Formula One and seats for the years beyond this. Nine, I think, nine races to go for this season, but it's all about the setup for next year and beyond. And boy, there's some changes.
11: Absolutely, we're, we're right in the thick of the silly season and, and as some people would call it, the musical chairs of Formula 1 and certainly this week has been some of the, the biggest announcements for next year and that, that is that George Russell has finally been confirmed as Lewis Hamilton's <laughs> teammate for 2022 which, to be honest, Guys, I think we we all saw it coming, didn't we?
3: Oh, just a little bit. Uh, it was a little. It was a little <laughs> bit obvious. Um, but I think it's a natural progression. I think he's good enough. I think he'll work well with a fellow Englishman in Lewis Hamilton, who strikes me as a very hard man to work with. And he is the he's the main man. But eventually, that the baton's got to be handed over. And it was all about the future for Mercedes. And I think George Russell is just that.
11: Look, yeah, you're not wrong, and. and George has been a mercedes back driver for, for quite a few years now, so it was only a matter of time. I mean, he, he does all their mid-season, pre-season testing, and, and he even did that one-off round last year when, when Lewis Hamilton uh, was subject to COVID-19 and, and did a fantastic job. So, you know, I think it was only a matter of time that it was going to happen. And, and look, I think, to be honest, it's probably good for Valtteri Bottas as well. I, mean, I agree. He's now... Moving to Alpha Romeo, where I think he'll probably have more of an input and he'll probably be more of his own man in, in, a, in a sense. So it's going to be interesting to see who partners alongside him because that hasn't been confirmed yet. But also because of George moving up from from Williams to Mercedes, we now have Alex Albon back as as Nicholas Latifi's teammate for next year. So I think that's great to see him back in Formula One, and and yeah, it's going to be nice to. See what he can do in that Williams. So I'm sure there's still a couple of chess pieces to play out, but that, that's going to be good. And unfortunately, Kimi Raikkonen is going to be missing the Italian Grand Prix this weekend uh, because he's still got to uh, isolate because of his COVID uh, test for last week, where he tested positive right on the Saturday of the Dutch Grand Prix. So unfortunately, he's going to miss another round this weekend.
3: Talking motorsport, with Tom Randall from Tickford Racing. And at the moment, we're talking about Formula One and some seat changes. So Albon, which is great because I think he was too good a driver not to be in, but I think he's a better fit at Williams rather than the, the pressure of Red Bull. But there's been a lot of nice messaging on behalf of Red Bull. He's been very grateful for the opportunities he's been given. George Russell, likewise, at Williams, goes to Mercedes. Bottas to Alfa Romeo, I think he'll be freed up there. Alfa uh still got to lock in, well, have locked in their current drivers for, for 2022. Um, and as you mentioned, uh it's still a bit to go on. There's a big push for De Vries. Can you confirm or deny, do you think he's in the mix somewhere?
11: I think he's in the mix for the Alfa Romeo seats. Uh, but whether or not they're going to keep uh, Antonio Giovinazzi, I'm not sure. But, I mean, he was kind of in the running with, with Albon for that Williams seat. So now that that's all locked in, he's only really got one other option possibly to go to. And then after that, uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably, probably it because... McLaren's locked in with Ricardo and, and Norris for next year and I think Ricardo's going to need to find a bit more speed out of that McLaren but also next year we've got the major rule changes a whole mm, completely mm. different car so that could really work in his favour and it'll be interesting to see what he does there but then you've also got Mick Schumacher in the mix for that for that Alfa Romeo seat he, he could move up from, from the half into that seat so yeah a lot a lot more to play out but uh, in the meantime we've got it. Another F1 Grand Prix on our hands this weekend, as well as we have the the next IndyCar car round at, at Portland and a MotoGP's GPS back at, at Aragon Raceway. So lots of motorsport on this weekend, Goss.
3: Very much so. Um, I, and I, uh, my daughter and I were talking, she gets that excited when there's uh, car changes and team changes comes storming out of a bedroom and to to break the news to me. She's across everything. Bottas in the next nine races. I'm tipping that if I was Mercedes, the engineer or the race format uh, man, the main man, and asking for um, Valtteri to to play by the team rules, I'm tipping he would just be saying, ah, you can wear that. I am just driving the way I want to drive. And, Lewis, you're on your own, brother.
11: Well, absolutely. I think you're you're spot on there. And what was funny on the weekend at the Dutch Grand Prix was the team – told Valtteri or asked him very politely <laughs> to not set the fastest lap because Lewis Hamilton made the points. And what did he go and do? He went and broke the damn lap record. So that was, that was funny. And then it, it forced Hamilton then had to pit for another new set of tyres to, to go and get the lap back. So that was that was pretty funny. I think he really tried to stick it up Mercedes yeah. there. So, so good on him. And, and yeah, like I said before, I can't wait to see how he copes in that new environment. I think it'll, it'll be perfect for him next year.
3: Totally agree. And Max Verstappen completely dominated the Dutch Grand Prix. It was a fantastic event. It was, don't bring flares, but I think every Dutch supporter brought flares.
11: <laughs> well, it's funny. The week before, the drivers couldn't see anything because of the rain. And then on the weekend <laughs> at the Dutch Grand Prix, they couldn't see anything because of the orange smoke. So they might have to invent a new, a new flag for the flag marshals to wave. Maybe like an orange Dutch flare. Flag or something, but yeah, something. I mean the crowd was just incredible. And and as a as a Melbourneian in lockdown, it was yeah certainly uh, <laughs> slightly sad to have to witness that. But it was great to see that. I mean Formula One is just absolutely buzzing at the moment, and the grandstands were just absolutely packed. So that was great for the sport, and great to see that. Yeah, everyone, so many people are just loving Formula One at the moment, and this tight championship battle between Verstappen and Hamilton, because it's now swung in, in Verstappen's favour. He's at three, three and a half points uh, in, front of, in front of Lewis. So it's, it's, it's a great championship fight that we haven't seen for the last five years.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, riveting viewing, still with plenty of time left. You mentioned the IndyCars at Portland. What are we expecting this weekend?
11: Well, again, it's another close championship battle between uh, you've got Padre Award at the front, uh, Alex Palau, and Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon still in the mix, but yeah, we, we finish off the year with a triple header, uh, so three IndyCar race weekends in a row, and that'll that'll end the season. So I think McLaughlin's going to want to try and get on, on top of these road course uh, results. So qualifying is going to be important for him. But yeah, it's going to be going to be really good to, to see IndyCar three weekends in a row, and and then even with MotoGP, I think uh, Jack Miller's going to want to try and get get some top three results he's had some good form at aragon before and and yeah i, I think it's gonna be important for him and also for ducati because they have sort of well they've struggled at silverstone and it'd be nice to see another podium or even even a win for jack but fabio corduaro is doing a, an incredible job uh, at the moment so and also remy gardner in moto Two. I mean, he's leading the championship, so he's going to want to maintain that that points buffer that he's got at the moment.
3: Nowhere to look when it comes to motorsport. Last night, the E-Series continued, and I saw uh, the highlights this morning. You got a bit of a clip, mate. Looked like you were going to be on the podium briefly.
11: Well, it was either in the podium or in the sky. So (laughs) (laughs) the thing about oval racing, I mean, you don't know if you're going to get spun at the start and then get spun at the end when you somehow claw your way back yeah, we were involved in a first corner, first lap wreck. And it actually worked out in our favour because it meant we avoided a lot more carnage. And then I was, yeah, got up to fourth with that three laps to go and then got turned again. But yeah, we managed to finish top top seven. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where we race next week. I think that they're going to it up a bit. So I haven't finalised that. But gosh, I'm, I'm counting on you. You've got to you to tune in for these races. I need, I need my wingman. I need, I
3: need some support. Yeah, bro. I know. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be there next week. Guarantee you next week. There's no footy to worry about next week because it's a, the bye week of the finals. It's the week off. I will be glued to the TV, Randall, and I'll be cheering <laughs> you. And I expect some when you get on the podium and you do the champagne and you make your speech because I know that's what happens. I expect some form of mention here on the sporting goss. Uh, before we let you go. Uh, I know Tickford Racing have been doing something special this morning. It was nine o'clock our time in Perth where uh, Tickford Racing were making sure that people were talking and uh, and opening up and listening more importantly as it is you okay okay day, a very special day for for everyone in australia around the world and and in particular on a sad day too, because of, the loss of Danny Frawley on this day 12 months ago, which happened to be his birthday and now is You U OK? Day today. So it really does ring true to our audience here in Western Australia and around the SEN network.
11: Yeah, look, it is. A, it's a very important day. but And it's just, to be honest, it's as important as any other day. And, and it's a day where, you know, everyone's calls on, a, on their friends, family, just to check in with people and, and ask if they're really OK. But like I said, you know, not just today, but every day. Yeah and i mean especially now with with covid all the lockdowns you know can really affect each other and differently as well and it really affects people's livelihoods and sometimes it's not obvious that someone's struggling but you know having that support of their family and friends and and close colleagues can really help those uh, close to us and to better navigate the challenges that might come their way so yeah don't wait until someone's visibly distressed but yeah just take a moment and ask your friends, ask your family, are you okay? Because it, it's a conversation that could change their life.
3: Well spoken, well done. And uh, what well done to everyone involved and those at Tickford Racing for Are You Okay, Dave. Good chat. Good luck next Wednesday. We'll chat Thursday. We'll talk about how we, you and me, held hands and got ourselves on the podium in the next series <laughs> and the next round of the E-Series. Thanks for joining us, mate.
11: Thanks, Scott. And thanks, everyone. Stay safe. And uh, looking forward to hopefully some some good results next week in the A series
3: Yeah, Tom Randall from Tickford Racing. Get behind the young man. He is a superstar on the rise. This is Sporting Goss. Yeah, Life of Riley time. This guy is a genius. He is a tipping genius. He's a form genius. And if you haven't been following him, More for you, but may I say, as Riley Morgan joins us to have a look at the Belmont races on Saturday, eight kicks, eight handballs, three marks, a couple of tackles and one behind. Got the late call-up to the Tigers on the weekend against Swanee's. Well done. Timing is everything in life, my great man, and congratulations on the late call-up.
2: Thanks, mate. Yeah, it was a very late call-up. It was a Friday night call-up, actually, mate. But no, it was good to get back out there, for sure.
3: And when you're playing league footy, do you, in the old days, they used to put the race results up on the scoreboard so players are out there or the people in there used to go to your, to go to your football budget and you'd have the the, 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 <laughs> the fi- That's true. And they'd have the field in there and they'd have the results on the board. And then when they took them down, there was footballers in the waffle who used to call the runner out to find out what won the first leg of the Daily Double.
2: <laughs> that is awesome. I actually didn't know that, but um, yeah, these days it's more of a uh, place your bets, head out, have a kick, and then come back and refresh the account to see that there's not a lot left in there. So that's usually, how, what happens? At how, the
3: moment. Did, how did the account go when you got off the ground after beating the Swans? Did you, hit, you, did you get straight onto onto your uh, onto your Tab Touch uh, account? And, and what was in it? What was sort of day did you have last Saturday?
2: Oh, I was uh, I was pretty dark off. It was. <laughs> <laughs> It was a dark Saturday for punters nice. around WA last weekend, mate, for sure. There was about five or six odds-on-pops that got rolled
3: last <laughs> weekend. So, Well, you got a chance to redeem yourself, great man. Let's go to race four on the program. And you like one in this race, of course, out of the powerful Miller stable, but you've got to watch on another. What do you like here? Race four, Belmont, get your pens ready.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really nice setup here for Ginger Flyer. Ran actually a career peak, when fresh, first up this prep over the 1400, leading, really toughing it out before being gunned down very late by a rock-hard fit in form smashing. She'll have taken plenty out of that run, sticks at the 1400, gets a very good senior jockey back in the saddle and finds a race shape where Parnham should be able to roll to the top, lead this on his ear and dictate terms. Given the main danger for me is going to be last or near enough to it, gee, she looks awfully hard to beat here.
3: Alrighty, and do you like uh, anything to, if, if there's a blowout in the race or something that could probably uh, run the Quinellas for some novelties, what do you like?
2: Yeah, the main danger for me here, Goss, is beat the bell. I actually think that dropping back to the 1400 from the mile suits. The brave dream form reads very nicely for a race like this, considering how close she got to that runner late. And she's going to have to do it from likely settling last with Gingerfly up in front bowling along at her own leisure. But if things fall her way in the run, she can definitely be winning.
3: All righty. So, Ginger Flyer beat the Bell, uh, the watch, race four. Race five, very rare that a horse leaves the Simon Miller stable and improves. But some time ago, I think Simon Miller said, well, I'm not too sure this horse has got city win in it, so let's get it up to uh, another uh, area. It went up to Kalgoorlie with Luke Fernie, and we're talking about Divine Beast. Gets a very big chance to come to town and get the money. It is in very good form.
2: Yeah, um... It may not sound like the strongest form reference on paper, the Sir Snuggalot form, but Divine Beast was nothing short of huge last start. She drew up, she drew widest, she was snagged back to last, and although it's not mentioned in the stewards report, she's genuinely not got out once they straightened until probably passing that two hundred and fifty metre mark. Before she genuinely exploded, she ran a monstrous sub eleven second final two hundred metre split there, and there's all. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's always going to be some risk involved backing a horse to win who settles well back over the sort of short thousand metre mm. scamper. But the Luke Fernie Camp has their tails up, and this mare looks like she's back to her form from last prep off the back of that last run. And I reckon they're going to have some big trouble holding her out late.
3: Yeah. Well, judging by the way the track played yesterday, let's hope horses that uh, can can come from behind because it certainly was a leader rail dominated meeting yesterday.
2: Yeah, it should be a pretty fresh pad on the weekend. The rail was out to the 13 yesterday, I believe, and we're back to the three for Saturday. So it should be some relatively untouched ground. So I don't think it'll be as biased as it has been the last two meetings.
3: So race five at Belmont, you like divine beast. Is it a one-out Quinella here? Do you think the eight is the only other danger, come magic?
2: Yeah, I thought come magic was a horse that I wanted to follow out of a fresh run after a pretty long layoff. She led, gave a great kick and was only gunned down late by, by who I think is a really nice upcoming sprinter in Wilcino. Three weeks between runs, keeps some freshness in her legs, Pike sticks, which is important, and I can't see anything going really crazy to take Pike on for the front here. Definitely right in this and not surprised to see her start favourite here. But I think the winner will come from those two with a lean to Divine Beast.
3: All right. I need some value. So we're going to go to race seven on the program. And I think you like a horse which is named after our beloved CEO of the Sports Entertainment Networking, Craig Hutchison.
2: Yeah, so the Finally Stakes is an interesting race because uh, Notorious One is a horse that I think is going places. And I do think that barring he plays up on race day, like he has a bit of a habit of doing at times, he should be winning this race. But will the sort of $2.40, $2.50 on offer get me involved? Probably not. I'd like to see a little bit of extra meat on the bone. But one horse that has come up way over for me here is Media Baron. If you compare the runs between Media Baron and Tellum were coming out of that idyllic prince which they both came out of, I thought Media Baron's run was far superior of the two, and you're seeing over three times the price. It looks a difficult task considering the mile is probably what he's looking for and he'll settle at the rear, but that was just a massive fresh run for a horse who's not known for his fresh runs. And if he's bounced out of it and Notorious Blind hasn't turned up on game day, then I think he might see the big grey flying down the outside and getting to them late.
3: All right, big grey media baron in brackets, Craig Hutchison. So race four, Ginger Fly at Belmont beat the Bell. Race five, Divine Beast with the watch on come magic. Race seven, big odds, no third dividend, $10 at the moment, media baron but I need a winner up at the Avon today. Up at the Avon today, we want to go. You've got to have one for the Avon. I love the racing at the Avon up there in the valley.
2: Yes. Well, the Wolves and McGrady combining to head up to
5: Northern oh.
2: usually, usually means business, mate. And I was a huge fan of the most recent trials of first starter, River Rubicon, really savvies the line at the most latest behind what looks to be a very smart one. McGrady should be able to hold a spot from the gate with the winkers going on. The save is gross unders, in my opinion, and I think he goes really nicely at around that sort of $5 mark. There's some value for your Thursday.
3: All right. For your value, first leg of the quaddie, race five, number seven, River Rubicon. I know how much you love Sean McGrady too, and he does listen to the show, Shooter. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that one. You'll send me a message if he gets the money from gate one, and you also send me a message if he gets held up for a run. Uh, appreciate your time, Riley Morgan. <laughs> hey, so, Morgs, are you, uh, between you and me and Ashley Prescott, probably not listening, or Darcy Coffey, are you a chance to hold your spot or do you think you're going to relinquish for the, uh, for the first final this weekend?
2: Oh, I think I'll be a chance, Goss, but uh, it, it'll be pretty tough. We've got some cavalry coming back, so I'm sure at this moment at this moment may find out <laughs> later on tonight, but uh, oh, yeah.
3: fingers crossed. Oh, yeah, good on you. Give me the cliched uh, waffle selection uh, response. Hey, Morgs. nice work. You're in good form. I know you are very unlucky last week. You doesn't take long. You very rarely have two bad weeks in a row. All the very best, mate, and I looked after your dad on Friday at the Gillian Goss lunch at Claremont Football Club, but at 3.30 when I let him go, he was speaking English, but I'm led to believe it was Swahili by about at six o'clock.
2: You kind of looked after him that well, mate, given what was coming out of his mouth when he got home. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Riley Morgan. So nice work, my you. Uh, good luck on the weekend. Good luck today with River Rubicon. There is Riley Morgan, Life of Riley on Sporting Goss. Yeah, hope you got those ones down. We'll put them on our socials if you missed any of those. Currently 12 degrees. It's a pretty bleak old day in WA town. We're not going to get to 18. No chance. 19 tomorrow, a bit of rain around. Let's hope everything is A OK by the time we get to the footy tomorrow night. And of course, thanks to McCafe's new blend, it's coffee fit for an Aussie. Peter Bell joins us in the next half hour, the head of football, of course. He'll be chatting with us about Lockie Neal, Adam Chera, Bob Murphy, and any questions you have, 0487 736 736. Quarter-final of the US Open, Matteo Berrettini took the first set against world number one, Novak Djokovic, 7-5, but it's been all one-way traffic since. Djokovic only got warm in the second, 6-2, and he's up 4-1 in the third set. We're going to take some news, and we do that, of course, thanks to the Kia news, to the credit of the boys from Bunbury Kia, Jones boys, Bunbury Kia. They are great people. They are amazing cars, and now is the time. Let me tell you, now is the time to get your laughing gear Into Jones Boys Bunbury Kia, they have everything there. They've got great cars, amazing people. They've also got great people and amazing cars, so they've got a bit of both. Tell them we sent you, S E N W A S E N Spirit, and they have been on board from day dot. Great supporters of our network. So thanks to the Jones Boys Bunbury Kia, and I tell you what, they are the number one by the length of the straight down there when it comes to new and used cars. It is the Jones boys, Bunbury Kia. News, Peter Bell not too far away. This is Sporting Goss. 28-12. to 12. Peter Bell not far away. Ross Lyon was on Footy Classified last night. Not sure he's actually answered the question as to why he pulled out of the process at Carlton. He was a shoo-in, according to many... But then all of a sudden they put up a six-person board to try and come up with the reasons of why, who and when should be coach. And it wasn't long after Ross Lyon pulled out. This was an explanation of sorts last night on Footy Classified.
5: Well, it feels like a lifetime ago. A week that's, is a long time in footy, so I feel it settled. Actually does. It actually does. It feels like it was a year you ago. you feel more so, relaxed? Uh, I feel settled. Yeah. Uh, I certainly have no regrets on anything. It was interesting to be back in the arena, in a sense, for a brief period. What but, tipped at that? Oh, look, that's sort of a moot point. It, it's yeah. Because no one, no one, even I haven't got both sides of this fence, fence fully. The only one that has... Everything is Luke Sayers because he has conversations with me, uh, his position and his board's position. So Do you feel let down
1: by Luke Sayers? No, nah, not at all. Not Do you at feel all. Let I have down no regrets.
5: No, no, not whatsoever. Like I knew when I put my hand up what would be coming over the fence and um, and there's a lot of noise, everyone's got an opinion. I'm not gonna all the media commentators and you know, my ego was stroked, I didn't want to go through a process. None of that's completely accurate, but I'll I'll take what I know with me and, and just leave it at but that. But I would have thought though, it's a bit like asking Russell Crowe to turn up and do an audition amongst other people. You know what Russell Crowe's gonna to bring to a film? When you everyone knows what you were bringing. Were you asked were you were you interviewed? and almost seduced into saying, right, we want you to, to be the Carlton coach, only then to be find out that there was going to be a process and other people that you had to compete No, no, against. I made no assumptions. There was no promises, yeah. no promises. I asked Luke previously, I think the day before, for, for clarity on the subcommittee and the process. And then I woke up, as I said to Luke, I reflected on all the conversations and all of them and then what was happening in the media. And I, I said, I'm out. Which took Luke by a bit of surprise, but but that's fine. I said, mate, no regrets. I, I wish you all the best.
3: Didn't answer the question. He did not answer the question. Why did he pull out? Until that's answered, and it's a shame because, as we've always said, we we felt that, and when you speak to the St Kilda Army that, uh, and the blokes in the media, Revolt, Del Santo, Montagna, Goddard, Everyone who's connected to him said he's a super coach and was always going to be back coach and would have been great for Carlton, would have been absolutely what they wanted. Something changed from the long conversation with Luke Sayers, the president, the 45-minute conversation, to the announcement where Luke Sayers had been told by the rest of the board, hang on, we need to have a proper process in place. Ross Lyon didn't know about that. I think he thought that he was going to be headhunted for the gig. Once it became that there was going to be a process, it would take some time and uh, some presentations, Ross pulled out. Question is, and he he probably doesn't have to answer, but what it does do, it leads more questions than answers. 4-1 Djokovic in the third set, one set apiece against Matteo Berrettini from Italy. This is a quarterfinal of the US Open. Peter Bell not far away. Caroline Wilson was, uh, well, up and about, wasn't she? And she believes that Brad Scott, is in position A for a couple of gigs. One, Carlton Coaching, the former North Melbourne coach. The Collingwood job's gone, obviously, so Carlton is there. But also the position that Stephen Hocking has left to return to Geelong as the CEO, basically the head of football at the AFL. Caroline Wilson, last night, footy classified.
1: What is clear now is that Brad Scott holds the key to the Carlton coaching position, in my view. Brad Scott has not been interviewed formally for the Carlton coaching job, but I understand is strongly considering throwing his hat into the ring. We revealed last week on this show that he had been contacted by Brad Lloyd, the head of football at the Carlton Football Club, to throw himself into that process. And as we sit here tonight, Ed, my belief is that Brad Scott is weighing up whether to hold on and throw his hat in completely into the AFL ring for the football operations job to replace Steve Hawking a job that the AFL still haven't decided exactly how that's going to be split whether it's going to be diluted etc dragging their feet there in my view i think the AFL I don't think they've encouraged Brad Scott to go for the Carlton job, not by any means, because they're interested in Brad Scott, but I don't think Gillen McLaughlin would be not understanding if Brad were to do
5: that. I agree with you. My information is exactly that. It's not all duck or no dinner with this, that the AFL are ready to go with a plan B, which they think is as palatable as plan A, which is Brad Scott, but they also know that he, if he does want to coach, then Carlton is probably the place he's going to go to. So, Ed, you're saying it's Brad Scott's job at the AFL if he wants it? Yes. Okay. I wasn't so
1: sure about that. I wasn't so sure why it's taken so long if Brad was the man that they needed to... Because I think he's into... been talking
5: to a lot of clubs about coaching again.
1: Well, well, well yes, except that he didn't go into the Collingwood process no. for the very reason. And he, he was interested in the Collingwood job that he didn't feel he could commit to that process if the AFL job came up. We're not going to know who Steve Hawking's replacement is, bizarrely, until just before the grand final. I think Carlton are keen on Brad Scott, and I think he... Or Look, I'm a Brad Scott fan. I think he'd be great for the Carlton Football
5: Club. Yeah, I think second time around, he, he did a wonderful job at North Melbourne. He, yep. he would have learned a lot, and I think he'll be better at it the second time around. And he did reach two prelims.
3: That's the discussion last night about the future of Brad Scott, either the AFL gig or the Carlton coaching gig. So a bit to play out there, courtesy of Footy Classified. Sports Day, Victoria. Of course, Matthew Pavlich. You can hear him every Monday here on Gillian Goss after 7 o'clock. Well, he threw a curveball and he has been pumped from pillar to post from those who think, yeah, well, you might be all for it, Chris, and a lot of people are all for it. But Pav threw this one around. He thinks the grand final should be shared around. Have a listen.
9: I'm an advocate of actually taking the AFL Grand Final on a tour anyway and bringing it to stadiums like Optus Stadium, Adelaide Oval, taking it to the SCG, uh, the Gabba. I know it's unlikely, and I know all the reasons, you know, commercially and economically why uh, the AFL have done the deal, but I love the idea. Like they do in the Super Bowl, taking it on tour, I think, has got some real opportunity, and, and, you know, maybe every second year it goes away from the
3: MCG. Conversation has started. Matthew Pavlich, he doesn't normally throw... Get out there if he doesn't want to back himself in. Hey, look, been a massive show so far. Michael Whiting for afl.com.au. We heard from Lockie Neal about Lockie Neal's decision to stay at Brisbane and play out the rest of his contract. Nathan Vardy has announced he's playing for the North Warrnambool Eagles over there in uh, Victoria. So he's heading back there. Adam Pickering from Swan Districts. Also, we had Matt Parker back to play for South Fremantle on the weekend in the first of the finals. Of course, played six games with Richmond. He will return to the AFL system, but he has been given a leave pass to play in the Waffle Finals as a mid-season rookie drafted player, so that enables him to, to return. Tom Randall from Tickford Racing, Riley Morgan, life of Riley while it has been a busy show. It gets no bigger than our next guest about to join us shortly. We are going to be heading to the Fremantle Football Club. If you've got a last-minute question, don't hesitate to let us know. 0487 736 736. We're chatting to the head of football about Neil, about Chera, about Murphy and any of your other questions with p Bell. This is Sporting Goss. 16 away from 12, just 12 degrees and dropping. Not going to get to eighteen anytime soon. It's very chilly and very wet outside. Please make sure you drive carefully. Peter Bell from the Fremantle Football Club, not far away, to talk about all things Fremantle. People are asking, where do we get our tickets for the grand final? Will you wait till Monday uh, if you are a member from Melbourne or Geelong? Tuesday, if you're a Port Adelaide or Western Bulldogs, the winning teams get the allocation of 12,000 tickets each. AFL Gold and Medallion Club members are on Sunday. Not that that's going to worry too many people here, I'd imagine. General public tickets go on sale 10 o'clock Thursday. 10 o'clock Thursday, and the prices break down. The cheapest is the Category 6 at $185, or the Category 1 for grand final is $450. Now, we are led to believe, according to the AFL and... Uh, Travis Old will be speaking a little later in the day to the WA media. He's had a very busy schedule. He will be basically telling us that uh, 10,000 tickets will be made available to the general public categorically uh, and then any leftovers from the allocations to the respective grand final clubs will also go into the pool. It's a quarter to 12. This is Sporting gospel a very big show and it continues now because it's time to do this you Fremantle have been very supportive of SENWA. Justin Longmuir, Simon Garlick and a number of the players have been coming on our various shows. And it's my first chat with the Executive General Manager of Football since being in this chair at Sporting Goss or Gillian Goss. And that is with Peter Bell from the Frio Football Club. Belly, appreciate your time on a bit of a crazy time for football. Thanks for
0: joining us. No worries, Goss. How good's that song, by the way? It's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah. Hey?
3: laughs> it's a ripper, Pete. It's a ripper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love hearing it. Yeah, it is it is a bit crazy and it's only gonna only gonna heat up sort of the way that footy's going and you know the, the the free agency period is still sort of three weeks away, and then there's the trade period, then there's the ability to swap draft picks all the way up to the draft, and then there's the draft. So people love it. It's a big part of footy, only getting bigger.
3: How close were you keeping an eye on the lockie Neal proceedings? You know, uh, everyone was sort of saying, oh, well, uh, Fremantle will be preparing to trade this, do that. Exactly what was happening at Fremantle on the back of that story getting out uh, over the weekend and into this week, and then today's news that he's staying put. Where, where did it sit with you as a football club?
0: Yeah, it's sort of more in the domain of our list manager, David Walls, and, and his team, and, and they have a lot of discussions uh, with managers around lots of different players and scenarios and, and whatever else. And, and then from there, you know, David, um, we're not talking specifically about the Lockie Neal situation, mm-hmm. but just letting your listeners know how it works. Uh, the list manager will come to the to the GM of footy, or we then go to the you know the footy subcommittee, which includes the CEO. And uh you'll have either regular meetings to talk about strategy or opportunities or review certain decisions. Um and then sometimes you have um well meetings to discuss a particular opportunity that might come up. So this this is one where um quite late in the piece um we became aware that um potentially potentially I wanna stress that word, uh Lockheed and Jules were considering, you know, what life might be like um, raising their family in Brisbane, or what life might be like raising their family in Western Australia, where, where Jules is from and Lockie spent a lot of time. So, other than that, um, until such time as uh, you know a player in this in this situation, Lockie had to come out and said, oh, "I would like a trade back to, to Fremantle." Um, you don't spend a huge amount of time um, discussing. Discussing things internally because, um, uh, as it's proven in this case, where he's decided to stay in Brisbane, where he's contracted, um, there's so many things you need to be working on. You can't you can't uh, spend too much time until, until there's a bit of clarity about someone actually wanting to come to the footy club.
3: He has said this morning and been quoted and spoke to the the Brisbane Lions media department and it's been put out there that. Their their long-term future is to get back to WA. It's clearly that's what they're planning to do. Do you shelve that whole idea right now, or do you have a two-year plan that you would like maybe for Lockie Neal to finish his career back at Fremantle, or is that not something that can take up any of your time right now?
0: Not not a lot, because there's so many other things you have to focus on. Um, And, you know, Lockie's turning... 29 next year, um, you know, 30, or clearly he's got another couple of years to go, and things move really, really quickly uh, in the AFL. Um, uh, opportunities present themselves, uh, players at your own club um, can develop so quickly that um, you need to recalibrate your TPP and, and those types of things. Given Lock Angels' history in Western Australia and the fact that post his football, um, he's always indicated that Western Australia would be um, where he'd want to, you know, go to the next stage of their life. Um, we, we'll always monitor the situation, as we do with a lot of people with West Australian links. Um, and who knows what the future holds? But we got to respect that, you know, he's got a contract up at Brisbane. He's indicated that he, he wants to see that out. That'd take him through to thirty thirty one, um, and then, you, you know, if there were if there were opportunities to look at things then. We'd do so, but in the meantime, we've got a lot of work to do in in adding some further quality to our list and continuing to improve our football uh, performance and program.
3: Put it out to our listeners that you were coming on, and and the general tone from a lot of our listeners on the text machine was, will the Dockers prioritise taking local talent with their picks? Guys like Erasmus and Amos stand out. uh, Would they be what you're looking at on the back of Adam Chera being an interstater Wanting to go back? Are you cautious of your recruiting campaign from here? Again, not exactly your wheelhouse, but you would be aware of it in your mm. in your role. But can I just—is that a concern now? Has Adam Chera shown the cards of a COVID world that we live in?
0: Well, that, yeah, that's interesting. The COVID stuff is nothing uh, that any of us have—well, none of us have contemplated the impact of that and how good we saw it coming and it certainly has put a stress on, on families and relationships and that sort of thing, and probably put a, part, a small part in the whole um, lucky and Bill situation as well, but that would be um, understandable if that were the case. On drafting West Australians, we, um, in my time at the club, we've always put a weighting on West Australian draftees, so it's definitely comes into our consideration, but it also comes down to the... Uh, the ranking order as well and, and where, where you see particular players. And, and whilst Adam's decided to leave and that's totally his right and prerogative, you know, it's not lost on us also that, you know, Andy Payshaw has recently signed up until 2025 and we see other players like um, Caleb Sarong and Hayden Young who are, who are, we're really confident will play their entire careers here at Fremantle. So you have to balance it all up, but there is a waiting to WA players for sure. It seems like there's a really good um talented group in WA who importantly have also been able to play a lot of footy this year, which which could mean that there's a, a big crop of West Australians and South Australians drafted. So last year we, we drafted entirely out of WA. Not sure if that'll be the case again this year, but there's certainly some young players there that we're really interested in.
3: Is Jamie Graham in the mix to join Fremantle as an assistant
0: coach? Uh, Jamie um, is is uh, obviously looking to uh, evol- evolve his coaching. He's been at West Coast and done a great job uh, for a long time, uh, Goss. Uh, but he is also uh, contracted. We saw and read with interest when it was announced that um, he was in the in the Collingwood process, and particularly after that, um, when he when he thought that he needed to to broaden his coaching experience. Um, we, we were um, interested to talk to Jamie and that's something that we're entertaining but we're also conscious that he's a contracted coach at West Coast and so we want to make sure that you know, if, if we progress things to having serious conversations with Jamie, uh, we do it in the right manner as well because there are protocols that need to be respected and observed and we're doing um, our utmost to make sure that with all the people that we speak to, that we follow those protocols.
3: Last one before we let you go, and we appreciate your time, Billy. Um, you're the quirkiest bloke I've known in football through your media career and also now into administration, but now you've gone and got Bob Murphy. You've got a rival in the office at Fremantle because it's going to be a real <laughs> kooky conversation between you two, two of the driest radio performers of all time.
0: Well, people listening to this interview, when they hear you say that, Tim, will say, well, he's got pretty boring now. I can, I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> Bob's got some... <laughs> Bob's got some great skills, Um, you know, really uh, emotionally intelligent, great, great empathy, his leadership skills, his investment in uh, previously the Bulldogs RFLW program. Uh, That'll be part of his remit here at uh, Fremantle as well. But uh, everyone you speak to talks about what a fine person he is um, and what a great listener he is. Um, They're they're skills that very much you need in in your ability to connect with players, um, RFLW players, RFL players, footy staff. Uh, it's a real people role that he's coming into so um, having said all of that I'm very much looking forward to and, um, from different takes and different perspectives that Bob can bring into the organisation. there There'll be some pretty weird conversations going on. I reckon.
3: I reckon that uh, Fremantle will be the triple J of football clubs. It's going to be really kooky, really crazy.
0: Appreciate I do, your time, Billy. Enjoy his music. I, I do enjoy his yes. music. taste. So, yeah, he uh, does. Yeah. Exactly right. Big, big, big,
3: big loss. Big loss to uh, SEM. Thanks for <laughs> your time, Belly. Good on you, Peter Bell, joining yes. us. The executive good general on. manager of football. He's fantastic that he took time to join us. We'll get a breakaway, come back, and wrap things up on Sporting Goss. Thanks for your company. Well done, Chris Clifunas. You've excelled yourself today. Producer to the stars. Thank you, Alex. Well done. Tomorrow, Gilly and Goss, from six o'clock, we will have Angus Brasher, our Friday focus. So you'll love the chat. It's all about having big ears. Bob Murphy will join us about his new role at Fremantle. We'll be checking in with everything that moves footy finals and we'll have tickets. The last two tickets on offer for the big game. Drive safely. Catch you tomorrow from 6 in the morning. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au
1: now.